2: Welcome to United Hour, your official Red Cafe podcast for all things Manchester United. I'm your host Nick.
0: I'm Colin.
1: And I'm Imran.
2: Three of us convening here, uh, straight what are we, an hour or so after the game, so I had a little bit of time to digest it. It wasn't that much to digest maybe but yeah look at the end of the day it's three points and I know I actually thought it was a pretty decent performance even though I saw a lot of comments around saying oh same old again same old problems but I thought we actually played better than we have done recently and you know just uh, the same kind of issues it was nil-nil at half time but it wasn't anywhere near as bad as kind of several other games we've had recently I mean are you on that kind of line Colm?
0: um a wee bit although I was actually pretty happy with- Throughout, um, I thought, you know, when you're playing a team as packed in as as Moyes' West Ham came in today, you know, it can't be full throttle all the way, and there will be times where players have to sit on the ball a wee bit um, and kind of think about things before making a pass. There isn't just always an obvious pass, and you should have a look around sometimes. I thought generally across the eleven, there was a very good energy and attitude tonight, which is one of the things that I think has been lacking sometimes, where it just doesn't look like anyone wants to make those little dirty runs or kind of play in combination or inject um energy into the game because you can't just be it can't just be 100 100 100 all the time you know you have to pick the moment to inject that little bit of movement or that um little bit of good play and i thought we actually did that pretty well throughout it's just tough sometimes when you're playing against a very good defensive team who've decided to play completely negatively and um, but i was pretty pleased throughout i have to say i didn't i didn't think it was bad at all
2: Yeah, I mean, they obviously came and actually set up super defensively, Uh, you know, pre-match. I was kind of, you know, I'd been worried all along about this fact of that we've played midweek, they've not played. Um, but yeah, they were missing Lingard, which was actually a big bonus for us. They could see they were, they actually missed him a lot and because he was out there, they came in with an extra defensive midfielder. noble even went a kind of five man, uh, defense. So yeah, they were like fully, fully parking the bus. Uh, you know, we had all these kind of injury issues and we weren't really sure who was going to be available in the end. Rashford has rolled out. I mean, he can't have been a hundred percent, but always obviously decided to throw him in there anyway. Um, I mean, yeah, Imran. I, were you happy with the performance?
1: I mean, first and foremost, three points were the most important thing, really. I, I, just the fact that we won was the main thing here. Performance kind of secondary for me. I thought we were all right. I think I thought I thought West Ham were a a shambles, to be honest with you. To set up like that, I thought was just ridiculous. And I mean, you can get into Moises' fallbacks and the problems with his management style all you want, but that was. I mean, I'd be really disappointed if I was a West Ham fan coming here. What the fourth? Well, the fifth, yeah. fifth whatever. First the start the top, day, yeah. top four ambitions, like to, and we're severely under I mean, you look at our bench today. You have Rashford, who's probably his shoulder and ankle are probably gaffer taped on <laughs> at this point. Um, it's. I just think it was crazy their approach, and considering that, yeah, I mean, there was a couple of things that irked me about our performance. Wasn't like I don't. It wasn't like a thrilling performance or anything and we have our usual we kind of do struggle when a team sits back like that we look a bit clueless at times but overall you know we created a couple of chances which is more than you can say in a lot of games we have and the main thing we got the three points and i wasn't absolutely petrified in the last five minutes so that's something that's something new
2: yeah i think that was the main thing for me that was better was that we did create enough chances to say we were worthy of winning this game and really it should have been more comfortable uh you know i don't think it would have been too much for us to score two or even three over here today. And West Ham, I think, hardly even had a shot on target uh, in the whole match. um and... Well,
1: yeah, we weren't hanging on either at
2: all. Like I don't think we were hanging on it either.
1: think There was point, a period really. was a couple, was after, after the goal we're after around the sixty fifth minute we scored, mark, yeah.
0: and they made the two substitutions: Barahinia and uh, Lanzini. Lanzini came on. I can't believe one of them didn't start, given. um you know, crazy that just I just couldn't believe it but when they came on there definitely I think there was a period where we really failed to adjust between dominating to actually the other team trying to play football and it really seemed to you know we it seemed to have gotten into such a pattern of us just having total dominance on the ball and them offering so little up front that when they actually were able to do a bit more it seemed to shock our players thought we looked a little bit leggy. but as everyone says we got a hold of it you know we should have scored more goals on the break and actually in the last 10 15 minutes it was very comfortable.
2: Yeah, I think that's kind of the way it goes. And, uh, I mean, the most vital thing about this is, like you say, West Ham are the team in fifth at the moment. That win now puts us nine points ahead of fifth place. And I know you two guys did a podcast Mm. after that very disappointing performance not too long ago when we were on a bad run of form. We hadn't scored for whatever, three, four matches. And, uh, you know, all of a sudden there was worry about where we were at in the whole top four race. But, like I say, this puts us nine points clear of fifth place they do actually have a game in hand so yeah all right potentially it could be six points but yeah you start feeling a bit more comfortable uh, and yeah we need those three points as well because Leicester are starting to play again after dropping off a bit and you know last two weeks we've gone into our matches actually in third place needing to get a result to get back into second place so yeah it is a really really good result at the end of it
1: yeah that's a uh, that's that's it the three points were the essential thing um, and plus, especially with our injury list, it's very, pretty extensive, especially up front. So three points, very happy. That is the big, yeah. I move mean, Ole on to, post-match Milan game.
2: says that he's hoping to have players back for the next game. Uh, I mean, we didn't record after Milan, so we will kind of touch on that on this pod as well. But of course, we're previewing the return leg coming up on Thursday. And maybe he's hoping to say, I think he said in training, he is expecting to have Cavani, Pogba, van der Beek, even Martial, all at least training in the next few days. And then, yeah, we have to see who's available after that. But yeah, that is the biggest problem. You know, I remember saying at the start of this month of March that it's going to be the vital, vital month of our season. Uh, You know, we were playing, obviously, West Ham, City, and then several cup games. So we're now going into the last two games off this kind of run. Versus uh, Milan and Leicester, both cup matches, and yeah, look, if has managed to navigate us through, keeping us around second place and keeping us in both those competitions, then you've got to say he's done a damn good job getting through there, right, Cole?
0: Yeah, definitely. I think, I think if I mean they're both basically knockout ties now at this point. You know, with the Milan result, obviously, which was a little bit well, quite disappointing, really, to be honest. Um, but in a sense. It's maybe not the worst thing in the world because we know what we have to do now, so it's a, it becomes a one-off game. You know, we really we just have to win, um, and that's fine. So I, I'm quite looking forward to that. And as you say, if, if if we go through against Milan and we beat Leicester, I think that's a, that's an exceptional an exceptional month of March. And as you say, a really uh, another feather in all his cap in terms of progressing on all three fronts, and because it, it looked like you know that that might be an issue as we alluded to after some disappointing results. But the city game and, and a very I think a very tricky West Ham fixture have really steadied that ship, and hopefully the Milan result is just a blip in this month because it, if he does get the two wins, I think that's an extremely good month of football, and you you take a lot of confidence into the to the running, you know.
2: Yeah, that Milan goal is the only one we've conceded now in uh, six matches. Um, which is pretty impressive running. That's four Premier League clean sheets in a row. Yeah. I mean, obviously there was a lot of focus on our lack of goals in some of those matches, which is fair. But yeah, that's definitely something to be proud of. And yeah, there has been a lot of question marks, even from us, about our defense. Uh, you know, especially that kind of about Lindelof place and whatever all through the season. Um, but yeah, you can't really argue with that at the moment. It's just been more of the issues being the other end. Uh, and even today, look at half time, we're going in nil nil and there's a lot of people saying, oh, what's going on? What's going on? But it, the only problem today was it wasn't really much to change. There's often people thrown out, let's take this guy off, let's bring him on, let's do this, let's do that. But today you kind of looked at the bench and you're like, well, what are we going to do anyway? I mean, yeah, maybe you might throw Ahmad in there, but is he going to do anything that much different to what James is trying? Not really sure. So, yeah, you just said, look, we'll keep going and hopefully we'll get the breakthrough. And thankfully, yeah, it came relatively early and makes a big, big difference to how that second half plays out. Uh, as you mentioned, Colm, like Moyes actually makes that move pretty early to bring on Lanzini and Benrama, and It changes the game from there. And, yeah, it's kind of oh, quite disappointing in a way that we don't really get another goal after that. Um, You know, Mitt. I do want to yet yeah, to talk about McTominay because, all right, I know he's given away as an own goal today, but he has tended to be the one. Who after the likes of Bruno and Rashford, whose goals we've been so reliant on, he's kind of third in the list. All right, Pogba has had a few vital goals as well, uh, but yeah, McTominay's kind of goals, even though all right, this one goes down to own goal, but it is coming from him, have really made the difference so many times. I don't
1: think he. T- I don't think he touches it, does he? I think he did. I think he touched it. I think he
2: touched it. Uh, I've not had a look at who the official assist goes to, but I thought he did touch it. Uh, it didn't myself. go to Bruno.
0: I know that much. So it must be McTominay or no one sometimes today.
2: Yeah, I'm pretty certain he does at least get a touch on it. Uh, And I say, it's several times now, though, like just that his goals have really made the the difference. And as we've talked about how our strikers have not been scoring, especially Martial, uh, Greenwood, just have not been doing enough. Then at the end, it's come down to the likes of Pogba, McTominay, and then, yeah, James recently have been the only extra ones who've come in and scoring those goals for us. Uh, And that, yeah, has been the biggest issue for us all season, really.
0: Yeah, definitely. And like I thought McTominay was very good again today, I think. To touch on your point about those clean sheets, I think the fact that we haven't had Pogba available and we're playing either Matic and Fred alongside McTominay for a lot of the stretch, I mean, creates an extremely solid base. We know that. Uh, I think teams find it very hard to play against that midfield. And the constant issue is, do we think that that's, you know a good enough midfield to go out and dominate games and play the kind of attacking football that we want. You know, it's great to be solid, but at Man United, there's an expectation that, you know, you want to win games and you play good football. So it sometimes falls down in that respect, although, again, that's due to the ravaged front line that we have also. But I think McTominay has been extremely good this season. I mean, seven goals in all competitions is definitely nothing to be sniffed at. I thought today he was a lot of long balls that have really sharpened up. You know, these dropped the balls over the top into Rashford on several occasions and switching the play. I still think he has a very heavy touch sometimes and can look a bit cumbersome and agricultural in the middle more than you would like. Um, I think a few times he sort of was overplaying um, with Aaron Wambasaka, and that was uh, not a good partnership throughout the game. But I think he's brilliant. I think he has just such a good mentality. I just think he'll grow and grow and grow. You know, he's only got 80 appearances, you know, professional appearances at this level. Like Declan Rice, who's two years younger than him, has 120. I was looking at today just because I think they're quite an interesting duo to kind of look at and I just see him continuing to grow into that side and become an, even more of an essential player than he already is. I I know there's still people who don't think he's good enough on the ball for Manchester United but I just think you have to look at the whole package really and I, and the growth as well um, because I do see him if if not a starter being an essential essential squad player for years to come I think he's fantastic. Yeah I think
1: what I would say is Sorry, I just wanted to say I I do feel like one of him or Bruno needs to get in the box a bit more, especially in a game like today. You got Fred, I think Fred should be the one just to kind of sit back and then they get they both like Bruno and Fred both like to occupy that space outside not Bruno and Fred, sorry, Bruno and McTominay both occupy that space just outside the box. I think like McTominay should bit more late runs into the box. I think he's quite good at it. Like his shooting's really good. His heading's good. He needs to make more literature. He likes to the play boxer. down that. He, likes to play. Attacking, especially he really likes like to play this. down that
0: right hand channel, kind of in between striker and winger and fullback and, and occupy some really nice yeah. spaces. And when he does go into the box, you know, he always has quite a nice touch and he uses his body really well and he, he tends to bring exactly. players in very well. And we we've seen how good his kind of snap shooting is this um season as well. So I agree, I just want to see more of it. I think sometimes he's too inclined to sit back beside his partner. It makes us very flat um and kind of lacking in, in a bit of movement. But um, I agree. I, th- I think you will get more out of it. You know, I think he'll just continue to kind of realise that and give you more of that.
2: Yeah, and there has been some criticism on Ole of playing that McFred partnership. You know, a lot of people say it's too defensive. But yeah, I mean, in the last month he actually hasn't had any other options. Uh, you know, Pogba's been out, Van der Beek's been out. Okay, Matic comes in now and again, but he's obviously no more attacking than either of them. Uh, so yeah, they've had a really good run. And. Yeah, look, we know what the deficiency is. It's always on the creative side. But I think both of them do more than make up for it in other ways. And the the only thing then is the whole creative burden then does go on two or three other players when they're not delivering like we had against whether it's West Brom, Palace. That's when the problem comes. Uh, but today, know, yeah, we have made enough goals. Um, you know, the XG is puts us at 1.7. So, you, you know, I, I actually thought that we were worthy of at least two goals today. Mm. Um, you know, the one... I do want to focus on again as well as Mason Greenwood. So he's had another game up front. A lot of people think that his best position should be number nine. So he's had a chance with Martial injured, Cavani out. He's played a few times there now, whereas, you know, coming into this season, especially exclusively played on the right side. And in the first half of the season, he was still mostly playing over there. Then in, you know, the last kind of few months, he's had quite a few chances now up front. And he look, he hasn't scored enough goals. Today, he gets a post. There was also a very good save in the first half, Fabianski, off him. Um, how are you feeling where, about where Greenwood's at now, Imran? You know, do you think he should just be playing number nine? Or, you know, and just generally, is you know, there is a problem. Not enough goals, not enough assists from him this season at all.
1: I mean, I, I thought Mason had probably one of his better games for a while today, actually. I thought he was really good up front. Um, in general... I don't. I. I'm one of the few who don't mind him on the right. Well, I say one of the few. I'm sure lots of people don't. Mind. I don't mind him on the right. Um, mainly because obviously we don't have anyone else, and he is just a quite neat and tidy player, and he can use his uh his right foot and and left foot. But I think the problem with him up front at the moment is he's just not scoring those goals. But I guess, and I guess, if nobody else is, it's a bit of a problem when your number nine is. But then again, our other number nine options are Martial, who can't really rely on a goal for, and Cavani, who's a bit hit and miss as well. So I mean. <sighs> Yeah, why not? It's not like we're in spoiled for choice up there. And I thought, like, today he had a good game, a bit more luck, and he scores a goal or two. Uh, I thought his link-up was nice. I think I do think he's, he sometimes spends a bit too much time outside of the box mm. for a number nine. Um, and then when we, we just have nobody else making runs or getting across, we must have put in about four or five balls into decent positions today. And this is either one person sort of near it or just nobody anywhere near it, like, the, the the runs into the box from us are just terrible. Rashford kind of was hanging out on his left-hand side, didn't really penetrate back from that. one. The one time he did, he got a header and he should have scored. Bruno, for some reason, was quite ambly today. He'd run around like a madman off the ball, but when he was on the ball, he wasn't busting a gut to like, get into the box. Again, the one time he did do it, he nearly got on the pass of Rashford, so I don't know. I just I felt like on... with Greenwood out, we need people to support him in there and we just didn't on have Greenwood,
0: that. I, I mean, I'm... <sighs> See that lack of goals and assists. It doesn't concern me in the slightest in the minutes he's had. Not in the slightest. I mean, we know how good of a finisher he is. I don't think anyone should be in any doubt of that. Even in these games where he hasn't been scoring assisting and today being the absolute epitome of it, he's had two chances that, you know, far enough. the second one he can probably do a little bit better. The first one, he does everything right. And you, and you wouldn't want anyone else on our team on the end of those chances. I think most people would still say that. So I see n- no issue with that. The thing that I've seen this year is him through just getting minutes in the first team. Yes, okay, it's come down after his kind of explosion onto the scene and um, last year, scoring those fourteen or fifteen goals, whatever it is. But we've seen that with every single young player. That is that's just the way it goes. Teams spend more time looking at him, defend him more, and, and it just there's that natural fall-off when you just kind of get comfortable in the team. But throughout this year I've just seen him become more and more comfortable in the kind of adult game and at the top level. You know, he just looks now Like he so much belongs, his all-around play, his hold-up play, his strength is getting there. He's so economic with the football, I think, his his little touches and just whips the ball around extremely nicely. Delivers great crosses, again, Emran just touched on. Should have had an assist for the Rashford goal. Whipped a a few good balls um, across the box. And his dribbling as well is so good. You know, he's so capable of beating a man, but it's not through kind of excessive skills and things like that, like Rashford kind of does when there's nothing wrong with that, but it's just, it's economical, you know, he just does what he needs to do with his body movement and his dribbling to go one way and get that shot in or go one way and get the cross in. I just think he's so obviously brilliant and I honestly, you know, I think it was like 2014, 2015 where, you were, um, Kane came back to Spurs and they just played him all the time and everyone was kind of like not really sure about this he got um, 51 starts and ended up scoring 30 goals by the end of the year and you just have to give your visibly brilliant young player the time because he will not become a brilliant number nine playing right wing for us he will become wasted that is that is what will happen he's not a right winger he's not a left winger he's not a 10 he's a number nine all day and every day and he should just be played there you know I appreciate it's difficult at a big club to kind of go through the pains of a young player sometimes, particularly in such a key position. But like, in my opinion, he will just so clearly be worth it and be a player you can build a team around for a long, long time, that it's a no-brainer. I would start him at number nine, pretty much every game he's fit and everyone else can pick up the cup games.
2: Yeah, and at the moment, we haven't really got any other options anyway. I mean, like I say, Rashford could play over there. Um, but yeah, look, he's getting the chances. And there is a big question mark about our kind of, you know, long-term number nine position. Uh, you know, there's been some talk about whether Cavani stays, Martial's not had a good season. A lot of talk, of course, about the likes of Haaland. So, yeah, there's definitely – it's definitely a position in the summer where there's going to be something looked at. Uh, I mean, yeah, on his general play, you know, as people who listen to the podcast regularly know, one of my favorites is passing accuracy stats. And he's actually at 95% today, which for somebody playing centre-forward is very impressive. Like, you rarely
0: see – 95% pass and hit the woodwork twice created two big chances. I mean – like you can't apart from those goals going in, and and one is an absolute wonder save from Fabianski. Like it was an ex- it was an amazingly good performance today, and that's against a very tough, you know, Issa Diop and the likes of Cresswell and Kufal and Declan Rice sitting in there. That's not an easy um, West Ham team to play against, you know. I I just really don't think Martial would have um you know shown as much.
2: Yeah, I and. Mean, I-
1: throwing shade on Craig yeah, Dawson yeah I really man.
0: dislike Craig Dawson and I didn't appreciate him today they're diving around <laughs> our penalty box so he's not getting a mention from me I'm running you're right and well in fairness he did score the only goal of the game so far play to Craig you did yeah. just, yeah. I can <laughs>
2: confirm that McTominay did get the assist there uh, so we did get a touch on it uh, I love how he celebrated, by the way. That's my yeah, goal. Man. Exactly. He started pointing <laughs> to himself so, his own face. Yeah. As if that no one one has face. A That's how you Definitely know he has got a touch. He's not yeah. gonna do anything if he hasn't he had some kind of flick-off on it. Um but yeah, today actually, I think in terms of like passing accuracy, it's actually one of our best games of the season. Like even the likes of Bruno are up at like eighty five percent. Bruno was quite
0: conservative today, I thought. And you know, spraying the ball about nicely, but not really going mad like he normally does in terms of the through balls well I don't
2: know if it's something from instruction or what because you know we've had those games where it hasn't worked out so maybe there's been some instructions to change it up a little bit and today it's worked out Uh, you know when you have those teams that sit in it is a bit pointless to start going for those same balls the way you're going you know Bruno often goes for that first time first time he was always going for it but if there's like five defenders and you know one striker up there it's a bit pointless so yeah I think some credit has to go because you know we do not see our team where nearly the whole team hitting around the 90s no. in the passing accuracy. It's very, very it's, rare.
0: It's kind of the point I touched on at the start when the, actually, although I think a lot of people saw us being a bit pedantic and boring, I actually thought we were really sharp today in terms of everyone playing at a high level. You know, It's just not easy to create a million chances against a team like that. The one thing I would say is we actually got to the byline and played neat football to get behind a very packed-in team extremely well. I mean, Shaw had three or four pullbacks that should people should have done much better for. Um, Greenwood had a few flash cross. Dan James had a few flash cross, and that's the kind of a boy I, I, I've been that's dying thing, to see. Though, but you... Imran's absolutely right. I mean, no one was there for any of them, and the one time someone was in Rashford, you know, he missed what should be an easy header to get on target, but just creating those kind of chances i think we've seen for so long a complete lack of that you know we've often bemoaned the fact that we just never play to the byline we never try and get in behind teams even when they're packed in with that kind of quick interplay and today i thought we did a pretty good job of i mean i think if you get to the byline you know with space around you sort of seven or eight times in a game and you're able to put in crosses you should be creating at least a goal or two from that and maybe the movement needs worked on definitely but to me that's still a very positive sign because that's where the football needs to go
2: yeah, and that is the only thing that's lacking. Then, like you said, when Daniel James does a good cross across six yard box, and there's nobody anywhere near it, then you're asking questions of where is Rashford, where is Greenwood? Somebody has got to be somewhere mm. like getting close to that.
1: He's not even have to be like he put in a cross that was a bat- uh, not a great cross, and Fabianski panned that uh, yeah. out, flappy hands skid mm-hmm. it. And you're like, if you've just got anyone anywhere near that, then you can just tap it in. So it's just gambling. I just think we don't we don't gamble enough. Uh, when balls coming across, um, so yeah, there was one right before the corner we scored from. Uh, I think it was that was when Greenwood had his, and it was going to go to Rashford at the top. But Bruno was just kind of ambling to like the twelve yard. Well, I was like I'm just saying like run, try get in front of your man, you can knock it in. But no, no, no.
2: yeah, no. One of the other quirks of this game was that we made no substitutions, uh, and I don't know, you know, people who only well, subs- you if you. If it you're one it. of our Red Café listeners, then you know there is a thread on there that gets bumped every few weeks called Make a Fecking Sub uh, Ole Thread, basically. And every couple of weeks, somebody bumps that thread. Um, and yeah, today is the first time, uh, credit actually to Oshwin, who had the knowledge that, yeah, Jose back in 2018 versus Juventus, that's the last time we haven't made any subs. And that was even weirder that day because we were losing 1-0 and he still didn't make any substitutions. Um, you know, today there's a bit more of an argument that he's just trying to hold it he doesn't want to give away any kind of possession anywhere change anything unbalance anything and as well you know as we've talked about there wasn't that many options on the bench um, but mm. yeah the last
1: I think the only viable one would have been Ahmad for James or something at about 60 minutes yeah Ahmad for James I think you
2: might have said you wouldn't bring him on for the last 10 don't also
0: James had um, his best chances after the 60 minutes I mean there was the breakaway where there was like eight people on three and James passed it behind Bruno which was awful But um, aside from that, he actually picked up some good spaces and actually was able to dribble the ball. Whereas I thought for the previous 60 minutes, James was pretty anonymous throughout the entire game. um, And actually when it opened up, you know, and he, and he's going to be diligent so much more than I think Ahmad probably would defensively. I actually thought from all that was the, it was the correct decision looking at that bench, I think it was fraught with risk, really and making any kind of change. I mean, we've also seen it in recent games,
1: yeah, the only one you would do was a time wish maybe one, yeah, maybe but, but there wasn't that, a whole pile kind of injury, of that injury time. Against Everton, yeah. didn't I, don't so, think well, I, mean, was I would have
2: actually right said armoured for Rashford because it was around like seventy fifth minute. Both there was a corner and you could see both Rashford and Bruno are like reaching down, feeling like I think Honestly, Bruno is knee they're literally Rashford, like, I, appreciate Rashford. To, I mean I appreciate Rashford
0: know. plays through injury a shocking amount, but also he has he feels an injury every single game. And I don't know I don't necessarily know that the two are connected. He will see after a slide tackle or anything, he'll always kind of get up and feel his ankle or feel his calf or feel his thigh or rub his back I think that's kind of just a Rashfordism, to be honest. And I appreciate he does play injured quite a lot, but you know you can't. It's not every single game. I think it's just kind of something he does sometimes, to be honest. But I'm not saying he's not injured at the moment. But I just think you're throwing him out. In. That's a very tricky game for in. And also always been bitten with like bringing on to and to instantly give away every kick and see to go. You know sometimes changing it is just unnecessary. Five minutes at the end of the game is not a rest. Twenty minutes at the end of the game is barely a rest in terms of recovery. You know it's not gonna make a whole pile of difference I don't think particularly if you know you can give them a race midweek but that's the big question as to whether he can actually do that or not
2: yeah I mean just for the stats books you go back to 2012 in the league versus Liverpool for when's the last time we haven't made a substitution in a Premier League game uh, so yeah it's a long time uh, going back there but yeah one one for Ole to get in the record books as well um, but look it, as
1: it did mean we only had three minutes injury time uh, so that was a that was a bonus and then Agneson blew up amazingly blew up when they had a corner which was hilarious because i don't know why he's yeah, done yeah. that maybe because yeah, ref, i appreciate it i appreciate it but absolutely ridiculous i'd have been fuming if i was a west, yeah. west ham fan
0: it happened to us a couple of weeks ago i think where we were kind of like just like progressing into someone's final third and they just blew up when we needed a goal it's like are you are you literally we're on
1: the counter against was it liverpool we're on the counter against. yeah them? i think it was and, uh, yeah, i
0: think you're right yeah, half
1: time so yeah very officious yeah
2: But yeah, look, anyway, as we all say, the three points is the important thing, puts us in a good position in the league. And then, yeah, we've got the straight turnaround Thursday night, we go out to Milan for the second leg. Uh, We didn't record after the first leg uh, the other day. And yeah, as you said, Colm, it was a very disappointing, obviously end to the game. Uh, First goal we've conceded in weeks and weeks and an absolute killer at that time of the day. Uh, I mean, you do have to give a good shout out to Ahmad for coming in and making a difference. Uh, You know, there's been a lot of kind of hype around him, but kind of almost in a tongue-of-cheek kind of way, but he actually came in and you know, everybody was saying, oh, you know, Boy Wonder's here. He's going to Ballon d'Or win or whatever. And he actually came on and bloody scored, which is just writing his own script for himself, which was beautiful to see. Uh, and getting on the end of one of those Bruno balls. But it just shows you that, like, even at 18 years of age, he's not overawed by this. He came straight in, got his goal, has made the difference. And, yeah, there is definitely something about him. Um, then uh, I know we had uh, actually had a question out on Twitter from our uh, old friend Langster, who was saying, you know, do we need to still be looking at the likes of Sancho uh, now that Ahmad's coming in? And yeah, for me, I said, look, it's early days to get too excited. All right, he's 18 years old. He's done well. But yeah, maybe maybe there is something then to think about there, see how many more chances he gets. I mean, all right, he didn't have that much time to play in the game to show it over there. But yeah, you do feel something that's coming off him, right, Colm?
0: Yeah, definitely. Although, you know, I get why was getting carried away 100%. I think we all are. Um, his dribbling looks incredible. He's just he's just too young, you know. He needs to be he needs to be um treated delicately. I thought it was a fantastic goal. It was, you know, Shades of Hernandez, it was a brilliant header, great little run, ball from Bruno after being pretty awful all game was spectacular, which is classic Bruno. Um and he's definitely, definitely, definitely good enough. I mean, you just don't pay that money for someone for no reason, you know, and, and also have him come to the club and so quickly ingratiate himself into the first um first team squad, you know. I thought the celebration from Eric Bay was one of the highlights of the season, maybe, um, which I just think is class. Lovely to see players, particularly players who've had you know the kind of life that um, I imagine Ahmad has had. I mean, his story is incredible, but to come and be clearly so welcomed and to have that connection through Bay and stuff, I think is brilliant. Um, and yeah, it's 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 going to be amazing to see him. I'm very excited already for kind of like you know pre-season or next season where you hope he'll be better than even more but i would 100% still buy gian sancho in the summer we need a we need a world-class right winger next season and uh, ahmad might well, be that but there'll be no harm in him playing second fiddle to someone like sancho you know it's better than playing second fiddle to dan james because that's not really going to help you out too much i don't think
1: yeah i mean we've got zero right wingers so it'd be nice to have two. <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs>
2: Yeah, no, well, I don't know you say that. All of a sudden, now Dan James has decided he can't play on the right. We do also yeah. have, but yeah, at the moment, you know, not much to go off there. But yeah, Facundo Palestre is out on loan at And I do keep having a look at him and he is getting game time at least. Uh, so, you know, to play over there is something. Although, yeah, I don't think they're such a great team. Uh, so it's difficult to read into that much over there. Um, but yeah, look, the main talking point of that Milan game, obviously, is that late goal. That's just an absolute killer for everything. Um, I actually think that there's been too much criticism personally of Henderson for that goal. Like, he can do better for sure. Uh, but I don't think it's like a howler in any way. I mean, you've been massively critical, Colm, of David De Gea and was been itching for Henderson to get in the team. Yeah. Uh, so how did you see that goal?
0: Well, the first thing I'll say is, you know, Henderson has played something like eight games for us now and kept six clean sheets. Don't know if those are exactly correct, but something like that. He's only conceded in two games, two goals and one goal. Um I did think it was a howler, I'm gonna. I'm not going to lie to you. I, I thank you for being kind to my favourite player, Dean Henderson, but I did think it was a howler. The ball, you know, comes off Jar's head, or however you call, call that fella. Um, you know, it's pretty quick. It does come at him quickly, I, I get that. But this kind of falling backwards into your own net to throw your arm at it in this kind of spectacular fashion, I think is something that has crept into the goalkeeping game in terms of a style save more than just what actually needs to happen. Because I'm quite confident that if Henderson just stood where he was, it would have hit his face and he actually could have just put his arms up and caught it quicker than it would take you to throw yourself backwards and take an arm from your shin and throw it up in a semicircle motion over your head. It, it just it doesn't look like a natural way to save. Perhaps that's maybe an unkind, and Goalkeepers Union can tell me that that's actually, you know, when the ball comes at you that quickly, that's the best way to go for it. But no, I thought it was poor um it, it it doesn't you know it doesn't it was it was dis- I was disappointed for him and disappointed that we'd um not gotten a, a sort of a scabby win but ultimately I thought they dominated us pretty handily I thought their hard-working midfield did a lot more work than ours and we we never really um, looked really up for it but um I'm pretty sure Henderson will be grand you know, we had a very quiet day today which I'm sure you'll take confidence from but I thought he could do much better with that save to be honest but I think there's other people culpable as well. You know, yeah. us putting ourselves in that position, just being quite poor all game, and then you have McTominay and Madice. I think who, are, I think it was McTominay Madice, who are both pretty um, culpable for the actual set piece as well.
1: A de- definite howler from me. I just he can ease, he can do a million things better than he did. I mean, and, and if he's going to dive like that, he has to have a stronger yeah. hand and tip it over. Like de-ha, the fact that de-ha 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 probably dives like that,
0: but does tip it over. I, I, and I'm, ha- I'm quite happy to say exactly. that. You know? and, I, and even that kind of save would annoy me because I'd always sit and think, you don't have to do it like that. Do you know what I mean? Like that's kind of, it's almost a Hollywood thing yeah. where it's like one for the cameras kind of thing. But um, yeah, I'm pretty sure the head would save that, to be honest, but I'd still rather have Anderson okay. starting.
1: If it's straight at you, if it's straight at you like that, really you should be saving it. And it wasn't very high. So yeah, you should be saving that every time. But it's just going back to our frailty from set pieces. We've conceded something, I think like, I think it's 12 goals either directly or indirectly from set pieces this season, which is a crazy amount.
0: Yeah, even today, um, you know. I don't it, have when any Ham, of other clubs. They didn't really have that many set pieces, but when they did have, I was like pretty sure it was it was dangerous territory. Like,
2: Yeah, no. Yeah. Well, to, we didn't talk
1: about Maguire and Maguire was excellent today, I thought. His big Absolutely head was fast. A fantastic. few big
0: blocks
2: as well. Yeah, he had a great game. But yeah, look, uh, going back to that goal, um, as you said, it is actually Matic loses his man in the box. Mm-hmm. But Tomine does not jump on the front post, which is yeah. where Kiar ends up after losing Matic. And then, yeah, the ball comes in very fast from a crowded box to Henderson. He can definitely do better. And uh, I always go to the goalie of our 5 aside side team on these kind of things and say, listen, what, what's the opinion over here? <laughs> so the official goalkeeper's uh, union opinion was he said, he said Henderson, is slightly mispositioned to save something like that because he's a yard off his line and so he's just not planted in the right way to save something like that Uh, basically a ball coming towards the top of the net he said you know if he's on his line he saves it with no problem that's why he ends up with this kind of backward and it looks bad it definitely looks bad which is why he's Mm. getting a lot of criticism but yeah look at the same time for me there's as much criticism to the likes of Matic and McTominay for that header coming in and it is actually actually a really good header as well you have to give some credit to the run and head from uh, at that point but yeah I, there is criticism due to Anderson but I think it's gone a bit over the top because I've seen loads of people now saying oh when is De Gea back and well, yeah, uh, he I think that's come a, straight back in the team d- and to be fair De Gea is back in training since oh tomorrow I think if he passes a COVID test he will be back in training tomorrow and then there is a thing like is who is going to play on Thursday uh, I mean I'm assuming calm you want to stick with Dean right
0: well on Thursday I see it's tough now because there's no league games you know these are two until after the international break so um, you probably can't read in too much to either I expect probably Henderson to start one of them and then De Gea probably Henderson against Milan and De Gea um, against Leicester it'd be interesting if De Gea came back if the test is okay and he can play against Milan I think that would be a a clear message from Ole because that's a make or break game and Henderson's maybe made a small mistake in the first leg so that would be Ole saying no I need my number one Um, And that would give us an insight into where Ole is with it. But I I do hope it's Henderson. Um, I don't think he deserves to be dropped, but I absolutely expect um Gea to to regain his position as soon as he's able, basically.
2: Well, that is the question mark. Because now, yeah, Ole does have that chance. Henderson has had the game time. He's done pretty well, Uh. There has, like I said, been a couple of mistakes in the game he's played. I think back to that Sheffield United game where he had a proper, proper howler. You know that's why yeah. this one I don't call in that uh, howler territory. You know what like I can say he could have done better, but yeah, that was when he made an absolute mess of it. Uh, I mean. Personally, I remember saying at the start of the season, I thought that De Gea would start in net. I thought when he made mistakes, Henderson would get a chance and that by the end of the season, Henderson would be our first choice keeper. Uh, Ole seems to have been a lot more loyal to De Gea this season than I expected. So, yeah, it's, I'm not sure myself where it's going to go over here. So, I mean, Imran, Tom thinks De Gea will come back to take his number one spot. Where do you think it's going to go?
1: Definitely De Gea. De Gea, all they've shown is very loyal to De Gea and he'll stick by him yeah. through whatever's up. Until the and summer at I, I think it'll be beyond that. Yeah. Yeah, well, I've, I think these last few games were Henderson's auditions for next season as opposed to this season. I do think De Gea might leave in the summer, especially like with a kid and maybe they want to move back to Spain, whatever. Um, but I think it was more whether Henderson be our number one next year and I actually think he might be. I actually think we have to reinforce in other areas so much more that I think Henderson might be at number one next season but I think for the rest of this season De Gea will definitely be number one but Henderson will still get his cup games and whatever else
2: yeah it will be interesting what I will say on this game huh?
1: is I actually I, w- I wasn't I was annoyed that we conceded at the end like obviously I'm annoyed we conceded goal but really it doesn't change that much for Italy mm. I don't think because I would, I would never see us getting a, a nil-nil anyway what even I though just, we've I had like it, a like, record we... number
2: of nil-nils recently <laughs>
1: Yeah, but no. You think about our, most of our nil nils come because the opposition can't be asked scoring either. Um, so all in, in all, our big games like so the, the ones that we've drawn you nil know, nil, Chelsea, Arsenal, City at home, Liverpool. The op- like our opposition have barely shown an interest in scoring a goal. Same with Palace. Like there was no interest from in them scoring a goal. AC Milan, obviously, if we won, one up, would have to score a goal. And yeah, you could say well then we can catch them on the counter or whatnot. Uh, but we actually have to play well to do that. But. I just think if we are set up to defend, I just I, we're, we're not gonna keep them out. It's even today, like West Ham, what attacking intent? Yeah, we keep the clean sheet, but I mean, big whoop. Yeah, it was West Ham and they did nothing. Did they have a shot on so target. So I think I I don't think so. They had the big chance with Bowen, but it was offside when he didn't need yeah. to be. Um, so yeah, I just I think it doesn't change a great deal. In fact, it makes it at least we have to go and actually show some intent and score yeah. a goal. Um, so and at that point, then it's the same, same, isn't it? But then, same do you expect, result, do you expect so. them
0: to come in and sit in and think, you know, here we're all right. You know, it's that kind of odd thing where, you, where you'd rather go into the game knowing what you need sometimes because when you can yeah, play they for a now nil
2: nil, yeah, yeah we're not away. Does goals that if change they get how? You, does
0: that change how you play? You know, sometimes and that can yeah. be a negative thing. But also, obviously, if no one scores, they go through. But um, I just think we can hardly play as badly as we did, and you know whilst Milan were the better team and kind of dominated us you know it wasn't like I didn't think we were ever in in fear of being blown away like I really do think if we if we play even pretty well we'll we should win you know so that's that's how I kind of feel but
1: we should have scored we should we missed two open goals so
2: I mean Milan's prep for this game has been bad they've lost today 1-0 to Napoli uh, you know, we already knew that Zlatan was injured, and then their Portuguese striker Leão got injured, was then replaced up front by Croatian Rebic, who got a red card. Uh, <laughs> so it hasn't gone well for them today at all. But yeah, uh, you know, less, I do think that now they've kind of almost conceded the league like we have. So maybe they're going to actually put a lot more importance into this Europa League game now. And well, uh, yeah, look, we'll have to see. Look, it's never going to be easy going like uh, away in Italy. Um, but yeah, we were all pretty disappointed by that performance and still we should have really won 1-0 and let's see, Uh, I assume we can do a bit better. More
1: than that Maguire missed the bloody literally harder when it was easier to score.
0: There's there's (laughs) just a few things I'd like to tidy up before the end of this podcast that Maguire miss is genuinely unfathomable, I mean of all the ways that ball (laughs) can possibly strike his leg 99% of them end up with it going in the net and he still managed to avoid that which is miraculous, (laughs) he's taking his desire to not score goals for us to all new heights it's unbelievable um, and the other one it's is incredible. Arma, Arma Saket not being able to about, play about football today goals. in any way shape or form that's the only other thing I want to mention other than Luke Shaw being an absolute legend but Arma today on the ball Christ like it, oh, so bad it was so it bad it was
2: bad but he's also top top of the list I mean forgetting Maguire who plays every bloody game for the whole history Wan-Bissaka is next on the list of the players No, players I get Way that. too many minutes yeah, this season I get
0: that And that's, you know It is a symptom of tiredness And just uh, fatigue in general I do get that I do have some sympathy for him And I actually don't think We're going to rush to strengthen it right back either Or even provide backup So unless it's Ethan Laird coming back Or something like that But I, that's, I, I do feel for him in that sense I think that is a, a an absolutely fair cop um, But it doesn't matter How does a f- professional footballer Get to the level he's at being that bad In terms of yeah. passing and touch It is genuinely mystifying to me it's, it's no, he's so not always
2: bad. as bad he was very off today uh, that is he was fair. decent
0: he was decent in the press and defensively I thought he was okay apart from one silly slide tackle for of that yellow I thought he won the ball high up the pitch quite a lot um, which was which was great but oh, he's just so bad
2: on the ball no he does have bad game. but for me again and again I just can't understand why now and again whether it's Tuanzebi whether it's Williams they're just even half an hour 20 minutes like give the guy some kind of rest Like you I, know, I just think Ole
0: sees him so vital defensively you know
1: hmm yeah, I, do, I think there's a case with wan that I feel like often in not big games he just isn't as switched on and it's easy. He just takes his foot off a little bit and then it kind of shows in his performance. Like... I never doubt him when it comes to, say, like City. But then That's, again, it's a different yeah, game a different for him, game. isn't it, when he's see, playing see, City? The difference is, does he have the ball, the ball or does he, he have,
0: not have the ball? That's literally the difference. Is he playing with the ball or without yeah. the ball? And if he's playing yeah, without City, the ball, he's unbelievable. No if, he's playing, responsibility if he's playing with the ball, he's desperate. And that is just the way it goes. Which means in 60 to 70% of games, he'd probably not be that great.
2: Yeah, and like I say, for me, there is a massive issue of just him having to, to take some time out there. And, and the worst thing is, if he gets an injury, then whoever who comes in hasn't had any games and is always a of thrown in. You know, that's why I, just, I still do have this big issue about Ole's general kind of squad management, giving people rest and things like that. And uh, yeah, look, we're going to see it. Same again next week. We're going to play Milan. We'll then play Leicester, who won't have played midweek and are in decent form in the FA Cup. Uh, you know, hopefully we will come back after that Milan game and do a bit of more chat about that Leicester game. But yeah, like I said, they don't have a midweek game because they've gone out of Europa League. So we'll be totally fresh for that fa cup match which yeah will be big for both teams going off over there Um but yeah I think hopefully we will come back for that before we move on. I mean, yeah, for all those who are always waiting for that, We, I think Imran does have a stupid game for us today. Uh, but before we go on to that, yeah, there has been some kind of big news in the background, in the board level of the club. Uh, you know, we've been waiting for this for, I would say, months, maybe years. Talk about director of football and a bit of a kind of shake-up. Uh, in the end, there's been kind of two internal appointments and there's been a lot of kind of really mixed response to this. Uh, you know, John Murtaugh, who's a name that I think maybe a lot of Player, people will not know, even though he's been at the club for a long time, now becomes our they're actually calling it football director not director of football and I don't know whether that's a purpose <laughs> kind of thing to just say it's not exactly the same thing or what exactly and at the same time Darren Fletcher has been given a promotion he only came in I think it was what six months ago maybe yeah. even less he was like promoted to one of the first team coaches now he's been given the title of a technical director what exactly that means I'm not entirely sure but yeah we'll see Um, I mean I don't know what were your guys kind of first thoughts about this as I say I've seen a, whole, a lot of fallout with people saying, oh, this is just a you know, a joke of an appointment because they're expecting, I don't know, Van der Sar or some other big name coming in. Various names had been linked and to bring in people internally, people said, look, these are just glazer puppets just for like moving seats around in the club. Nothing's going to change. Uh, I mean, I'm... A- yeah. You know, first of all, I'm unsure, but I'll say, look, let's give some time. I think I've talked a lot myself about how I think Ole has done a lot of good job uh, work in the background to restructure things, and how things there has been signs of better decisions made on transfers. Uh, it's not often been a problem about the player coming in, but there has been issues of. Transfers being done too late and waiting too long and things like that. So there has been disappointment there, but I think the actual selection of players has not been uh, such a problem as it had been in the past. And a lot apparently we hear that you know a lot of credit for that goes to the likes of John Murtor, who um, focuses a lot on the kind of data science of things, looking at all the statistics and as been credited as well with like uh, helping a lot of ca- academy players come through uh, you know they're talking about the likes of Rashford McTominay Mason apparently have all been ones who've been identified as him as ones who should be making the move up um i mean another reason some people don't like him is because he was a guy who was brought to the club by David Moyes originally uh, so he's had been around for a long time i mean uh, Imran did you know much about him before he's been announced as this big big promotion
1: no, never heard of him, uh, to be honest with you. Um, but, I mean, it's a step in the right direction, I guess. I mean, it gets, it gets in theory, it gets Woodward away from transfers, which I'm happy with. Um, and it creates that position, I guess. So if he fails, then someone else technically gets that position right. And he's not a Woodward boy because he came in from Moyes. So I guess that ticks that box. But I don't know. We'll have to wait. And see. It's, it's really hard to judge with these background roles because, A, you don't know what exactly he will be doing, what he won't be doing. Yeah. And B, we haven't seen him do it yet, I find... so we just have to wait and see, don't we? I find we? the
0: Fletcher promotion quite um, odd and impressive. I mean, he clearly made an impression, or they're just literally putting figureheads in, in positions, which is not impossible, but I, I choose not to take that sceptical view that a lot of United fans have kind of um, leapt to over this week. Um, I've always been very impressed with Darren Fletcher when he speaks about football and stuff like that, and obviously he was a, a fantastic player and served for the club, but he just seems like a very... Um, decent and switched on fella. So hopefully there is some acumen there that they've seen and wanted to promote um to a more kind of broad scope level at the top. But I mean, I agree with you, Nick. I think under Ole, there has been a continual positive trajectory in terms of the running of the club off the football pitch. Um, I think that's been patently obvious in terms of youth progression, in terms of youth Acquisition, you know the kind of young players that we've brought to the club. That seems like a very deliberate um, kind of ploy that we're going for. That I know a lot of people will be very happy about in terms of the kind of talent we're attracting to the club at certain age groups, Um, and also just the transfers. I don't think they're all been perfect by any means, but they're it's a definite improvement. And even the lack of contract management and and kind of whilst we not be absolutely delighted with some of the penny pinching and some of the time it takes to complete the deals is still a big issue. I think most most um i think van der Beek's the only one that really causes me any concerns now, even our ramassaka i'm happy enough to have even though i don't think he's our, our future future right back um you know and van der Beek might might prove that wrong so i think there's a, in all those kind of transfer committee general um future paving for the club i think there's been massive improvements so the the kind of clamor for a director of football i think was coming slightly unnecessary but it is nice to see that we've created those positions i just don't think it'll ultimately mean much because things will just continue as they are until ole is either i think replaced or or someone new with possibly bigger demands comes in well i think that is exactly what's happened
2: that under ole things have kind of changed and evolved anyway in the background on how he thinks things should have been done and there has been a big change uh, you know as we understand it there's always been this kind of transfer committee and that is actually something that Moyes brought in you know we go way back that alex ferguson was obviously uh, had a big hand in transfers selecting players even negotiating deals all the way back but that's the kind of old school manager who used to be involved in everything you know they were the coach they picked the team they actually sat down with players to negotiate contracts they were even selecting in players, whereas nowadays things have moved on and a lot of clubs have a bit more of a modern system, where maybe there's one guy who's in charge of transfers and then there's another guy who's just told, look, you're just you're actually the coach, you're not the manager. That's the difference. Like in the old days, he was the manager and he had so much more responsibility. Basically, he was in charge of the whole football side. And when Fergie's gone, I think that's been part of the reason why we've had such a mess for so much time that the, the structure of the club was not particularly right for how a lot of clubs are run nowadays. So. Yeah, yeah, look, maybe now we are at least, like I think Imran, you said, pushing things forward to how other clubs are structured. But yeah, Ole is involved there. The way I understand it is that, yeah, Myrtle will be in charge of our whole kind of scouting network. He'll be in charge of the whole kind of data side of it, which is a big thing now in selecting players, looking at stats, looking at everything like that. Um And yeah, he'll work with all those guys to come up with potential transfers. But that Ole has the right to say no to anyone at any point. Um, Fletcher, I'm not entirely sure what his role is going to be yet. The way I kind of understand it is he's going to be in charge of the kind of football philosophy of the club, uh, all through the club, like making sure players, even like academy level and under 23, are all playing to the same kind of system that the first team are which should make their kind of transition through the levels much easier. And then also looking at where players go on loan, whether they need to go on loan and things like that. Although, yeah, I did see Ole say that he will also be involved in the kind of transfer process as well. So that'll be interesting. I mean, I've even seen a couple of people suggest that maybe he might even be a bit involved on the negotiation side because I think, you know, we've often felt that's where we fell down. And there's this guy, Matt Judge, uh, who's not been He's not a football guy. He's come from our kind of legal department and is the one who's always sent as our chief negotiator. There's been, you know, I I think Patrick Severin would actually mentioned him in a very critical interview not too long ago and mentioned him by name as one of the problems in the kind of boardroom of the club. And said that, you know, he'd spoken to sporting directors at other clubs who said it was very difficult to deal with United because of people like that who are not football people and didn't understand how things should be done in football. So, yeah, I've heard that from several kind of angles. Um, so yeah but he will continue to be our chief negotiator on transfers that is not going to change so yeah that is the kind of worry of you know the things where we've had problems what difference is it actually going to make but as we say yeah only time will tell and I'm I personally on Fletcher and really happy to see more players who know United who know the club come in because my criticism before has been that not enough football people are involved in these kind of decision-making things and you look at other clubs whether it's like Bayern Munich and things like that where a lot of ex-players are in involved in this kind of you know the more boardroom and business side of the club and for me that is only a good thing so i want to see people like that more involved and yes yeah, so i'm happy to see it but yeah we'll have to see give them a chance see what difference it makes going forward and um, i think yeah that kind of covers most of our things for this week before we move on to uh, imran's stupid game uh do want to give a shout out to manscaped who are, yeah, going to continue to sponsor us. So thanks to them. Thanks to all of our listeners as well who've used the code and bought out there. It has actually made a big difference for us. Helps to keep the podcast going and, yeah, cover costs and things like that. Uh, any of you who listen regularly will know what exactly Manscaped do. Uh, in case you're a first-time listener, just a shout, yeah. Part Manscaped uh, just actually launched relatively recently in UK and EU, but have been going for quite a while over in America. They're focused completely on grooming tools and famous for their below-the-belt grooming. Um, the package that they're kind of pushing at the moment that you should go and check out online is called the Perfect Package. It includes their lawnmower shaver. Uh, I know, Imran, you've had a lot of success with this, right? And I know you told us that your your wife in particular has been super happy with that.
1: Yeah, she just wishes I cut my hair now. Uh, Because everything else, very trim. Hair, not so much.
2: Yeah, yeah. I've only had like one haircut in like, like literally the last year. Because like, I mean, just before everything was locked down, I was like, do a haircut. But yeah, I, I don't know if you would use any of this manscape stuff for your actual hair. I know they say you should keep things for various areas, and you don't want to start mixing what you're using down below with on your head. Um, hey, it's such good quality that I
1: might even try if I ever go skinhead. Uh, there would be the razor I use because it's a fantastic razor. So why not?
2: Yeah, yeah. That lawnmower, like I say, it's impressive piece of kit ceramic blade and all the kind of technology over there but yeah they're pushing it over here in the UK go and check it out and I know we've had a lot of their kind of uh, blurb over here and they're trying to tie a lot of things in with football now because I think they're getting quite a lot of success by pushing it over here so yeah they say the trimmer lasts for 90 minutes uh, and goes on for like a you can have a water break at half time if you need. Uh, so, yeah, look, go and check out anyway manscaped.com. Use the code United Hour, helps out the pod. And, yeah, actually, like damn good stuff they're selling over there. Uh, so, get on that. So, yeah, and then I think, yeah, time to move on to the, obviously the highlight of the show Imran's stupid game. A wonderful game of football in which Manchester United have won convincingly. But It was a breathtaking match. Absolutely brilliant. <laughs> Shocking. I am. I am disgusted
1: with it. Thank you, Roy. <laughs> yes, Imran's stupid game. Uh, today, we'll be playing... Here's diction- the dictionary definition of a footballer, Clive. That is the game. I will not tell you anything more. All you need to do is buzz in and give me the first and last name of the footballer who I'm talking about.
2: Got it? Yep. Mm, okay. <laughs>
1: So, here we go. Number one. Adjective. Producing a sudden, piercing, physical sensation or effect. Adverb. In a sudden or abrupt way. Adverb. Precisely. It's used after an expression of time. This is one player I'm talking about, by the way. Lee Sharp. Correct. (laughs) Lee Sharp. Well done, Colm. Thank you.
0: Are these all United players? do
1: you know what... yeah, these are all United players, so that's kind of the game. Gotcha. They'll all be United players, and uh, yeah, first name and last name, please.
2: Nick, do you know what's happening now? Yeah, just about. I, I had no idea until <laughs> when he said the answer, it all became clear. You're welcome.
1: Uh, right. Number two. Noun. A combustible black or dark brown rock found mainly Nick in underground seams.
2: Nick. Andy Cole. Damn.
1: Andy Cole is correct. 1 1. <laughs> Number three. Noun. Chance or look as an arbitrary force affecting human affairs. Colm. Go on. Quentin Fortune. Correct, nice, Colm. Well done. Nice. Two, one. Well done. Someone's been reading the dictionary. <laughs> Number four. Verb. Make or become, typically by cooking. Noun. A thing of it, e.g. the ball in snooker. Adjective. Produced by mixing red, yellow, and blue. What? What? It's produced by mixing red, yellow, and blue. Time's up. It's Wes Brown. Oh, yes, Brown.
2: <laughs> Fair enough.
1: That was a gettable one, guys. Still two-one, calm. Okay, this one's a bit difficult. So. Apologies in advance. (laughs) Noun. A small tropical African tree which bears oil nuts from which a butter is
2: obtained. Nick. John, John O'Shea.
1: Correct. John O'Shea. Nick's been using his shea butter on his face and we know it. (laughs) That's why he's got such smooth skin. Right. Number six. That's two all, isn't it? Yep. Two all. Number six. Verb. Treat by heating, hammering, or forging. Noun, a worker in metal.
0: Mm.
1: A worker in metal. It's a job. Nope. Uh, Maybe a quick countdown. Uh, call
0: Go on. Alan Smith.
1: Alan Smith, well done. Okay, yeah, yeah, 3 2 calm. Yeah, well done. Right. Number 7. Adjectif. La couleur comme celle des ou de la crée ou de la cum entre terre. I apologize to all our French listeners. <laughs> adjective. Used euphemistically in place of another adjective regarded as obscene or profane or abusive. Noun, a cartridge containing gunpowder, but no bullet, used for training. Nick. And, go on.
2: Laurent Blanc. Uh.
1: Laurent Blanc is correct. Well done. The first one was uh, the description of white in French. Nice. Uh, it wasn't French. I absolutely butchered it, but you know. Right. It's three all. This is very exciting. Many, our, many how many have, have, you, have, got? How how many you, have you got it, man? Oh, there's five left. Okay. so we're getting there. Come on, this is riveting stuff. Yeah, how yeah, dare yeah. you? Ask I, how just, I'm just I just want to
0: know so I can plan, you know, tactics.
1: <laughs> right. Number eight. Adjective. Highly developed. Adjective. Having or showing eagerness or enthusiasm.
0: Calm. Yep. Roy Keane.
1: Roy Keane. Correct. Colm takes the lead. He's in a head by one. Number nine verb be overprotective towards noun often describe a state often described as being very overprotective noun an occupation. It's an occupation also being overprotective. You may hear countries refer to as this state. Um, nope, no, time's good. off. No, no, it's no. nanny. Oh. oh, yeah. A nanny state. Yeah. It's very overprotective. Yeah. Yes. Right. Calm still ahead by one. Ten. Verb. Sit down. Verb. That's an informal verb, sorry. Verb. Informal. Sit down. Verb. Also informal. Postpone. Consideration of an idea or plan until a later date. That's oh. postpone. Yep, go on.
0: I think it's quite Is a it... delay there. Is it reggie <laughs> okay, delay? delay? Delay?
1: No, it's not. No, it's not delay. No, because that's not sit down. Yeah. Uh, noun, an area devoted to a specified purpose. Noun, a large public garden or area of land used for recreation. Cole? Nick. Colm just got there. But he's, he's already, already answered. A guess. So it's Nick. Yeah, it's Nick. G Sung Park. G Sung Park is correct. <laughs> well done. I would have gone to COM, but I it to keep it exciting and <laughs> we're drawing now. It's all square. Four all. Two more left. Verb. Support or hold up something with props or beams. Noun. The land along the edge of a sea, lake, or other large body of water.
2: Nick, go on. Luke Shaw.
1: Luke Shaw is correct. Well done. Last one, calm. You need this to send it to a tiebreaker. Sorry,
0: Shaw. S H A W. Yeah. Wow. Well, you know, same thing. <laughs> no, all the You, had block
1: you didn't complain then. <laughs>
0: all right, go ahead. <laughs> but you know, right. it doesn't even end with anything near the same sound.
2: You this calm. A say sure. what? sit Shaw,
1: and then say the other thing. Shaw
2: that's just yeah. that's just the or O R E. surely it's the
0: same thing <laughs> to that be that fair should, actually that, that point, point should be rescinded my mind
2: actually came <laughs> <laughs> well that probably
0: would have been right, right. as well because basically everyone's just picking random words that kind of sound like something else go ahead oh come on cock hey, just because you've gone works. behind for the first go ahead, time go ahead now. <laughs> go ahead i hope you have this a time right now are, this is the last question isn't it
1: There there will be a tie. This is the last one. So if you get this right, it'll go to a tiebreaker. If not, Nick wins. Go ahead, go ahead. So, noun a device similar to a harpoon used for catching fish. Noun a light, fast, narrow boat adapted for rowing or sailing. Noun informal a job, especially one that is temporary or that has an uncertain future. And you'll get it off this one. Noun informal a live performance by a musician or group.
2: Nick. Ryan Nick.
1: Giggs. Ryan Giggs. Nice. Nick is the winner. Well played, Nick.
2: Oh, un- well undefeated, Nick. undefeated. There was a lot of <gasps> pressure there. Push me all the way there, Cole.
1: I am livid. Next, next time you want to know the dictionary definition of a footballer, see you, Nick. And that was Imran's Stupid Game. Dreadful.
2: Dumb and dumb right corner. I thought they were really poor. I thought were joking it was really <laughs> nice abysmal. nice um, yeah I hope uh, everybody enjoys the old stupid games there uh, signing out uh, shout outs again please do check us out on uh, Twitter Facebook Instagram and yeah we do still have the Patreon going we'll have some extra stuff thrown out on there in the next couple of weeks probably in the international break actually when there's going to be nothing better to do um, and yeah we'll be back possibly after Milan but definitely after Leicester Trip. Cheers.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network.